Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. We're so glad you tuned in today, and if you're in the area, come out and join us at our new home, located at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. If you are unable to attend, you can tune in on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. And don't forget to join us for our worship on Instagram Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, 30 minutes before the YouTube broadcasts. We would also like to encourage you to check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org where you can keep up on the current messages, ministries, and happenings at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. Today our teaching is in the book of Acts chapter 17. Here's Pastor Ryan. So the last time we were together, Paul the Apostle, we were in Philippi, the area of the region of Macedonia. Uh, It's modern day Greece, and it is Paul the Apostle's second missionary journey. And um, the Lord's using him. He just received a beat down for the first time, him and Silas, uh, for the name of the Lord, as we read last time in that Philippian jail, where the jailer came to know the Lord and his whole family. And so now we read that when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. And that is about 100 miles west of Philippi. And so they made a 100-mile journey going west. We read here that there was a synagogue of the Jews. And then Paul, as was his custom, went into that synagogue. It says he went into them. And for three Sabbaths, reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, so not just a few of the leading women, but many of the leading women there in Thessalonica, the Jews and devout Greeks, they believed and joined Paul and Silas. So what's beautiful here is that as they enter the synagogue in Thessalonica, it says that they reasoned with them through the scriptures, explaining to them that Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, was prophesied that he would suffer. Because it was common belief for the Jews, for the religious Jews, for Israel, that the Messiah would arrive one day and automatically establish his kingdom here on earth, get rid of the Romans, and they'd live happily ever after. But that's not true. The scriptures did prophesy that the Messiah would come and suffer a terrible death. But then rise from the dead and it says here that he reasoned with them 
through the scriptures and explaining and demonstrating to them. We're not told what scriptures he quoted or used, but there's a few that we have in our Bibles, amen? The whole Testament basically is one arrow pointing to the reality of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Psalm 22, verse 15 through 18, maybe he quoted the psalm. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. Can you picture Jesus on the cross? So everyone's looking at him. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. Maybe he read Isaiah 53 in their presence. Verse 3 through 5, it says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our inequities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And Psalm 16:10, For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Jesus was resurrected. The tomb is empty. He died on the cross for our sins. He bled so that we didn't have to bleed. He took the wrath that should have came upon us, upon himself. And our, his blood cleanses us of our sins if we believe in him, if we follow him. And he was risen for our justification. And so he's explaining to them. He's reasoning with them through the scriptures. Always, Lord, through your scriptures. Isn't it so important for us as believers to be able to reason with people through the scriptures. Parents ought to be able to reason with their children through the scriptures. You don't just have to behave because I say it, mijo, mija. You have to behave because in the word of God, it says that the young ladies are to be virgins, are to be chaste, are to be modest. That the boys are to be holy, that they're to be respectful, and so on and so forth. Reasoning through the word of God. Spouses reasoning to one another. The wife saying, well, love me as Christ loved the church husband. And the husband saying, submit unto me in all things as unto the Lord. There's the reasoning through scriptures. I think it's more important than ever in our time that we learn to reason through the word of God. It has always been important, but I think way more today because the enemy is running rampant to deceive. We know that today many churches are falling into apostasy. You know what apostasy means? It means they're pulling back from God in various ways. The main way is the word of God not being taught to the people. So the people don't understand how to live because they don't know the word of God. The word of God is not being taught. Can I get an amen? The days are full of deception. 
churches do, some churches don't want to teach the word of God, but rather give seeker-friendly messages so that they don't offend people. Can't you just make church fun? We don't got to get in the word. Let's, let's make it fun. Let's, let's get some visuals, get some lasers, some smoke machines. You know what I mean? This is the place for the word of God to be taught. It's very important. The devil is running rampant with his misinformation, disinformation, the closing down of churches, I'll add that, to the devil, and his censoring of, the, of truthful information in all ways. Not to mention the lawlessness and the wickedness that is abounding in our culture, in our country, in our cities today. Evil is considered good, and good is considered evil. It is more important than ever for us to be able to reason with people from the scriptures. Paul warned about these days, didn't he? In 2 Timothy 4.3, and it was the Lord through Paul. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. He said it. We're living in those days. People don't want to endure it. They don't want to sit through the word. There are, there are pastors who, I don't know if they know this verse or not, but they, they say, they literally say, we do not teach for 45 minutes because if we taught the Bible for 45 minutes, they wouldn't be able to handle it. They'll get out and leave. But don't you know that the scripture said that in the last days they're going to bounce? They're going to want to bounce. They're going to want to put pastors to not teach the word. Don't you know this? Maybe they don't. Maybe their seminary skipped that part. Maybe they're more, more concerned with filling seats rather than making disciples. When the Lord said make disciples, disciples, it means learned ones. Those who are learned, who learn what? The scriptures. And I accept the reality that I am now a lifelong student. And that Christianity is a lifelong education. We read a lot. We, that's our calling. That's all of us. We study. The word of God is our greatest weapon. It's, against, it's the greatest weapon against the devil. It's the greatest weapon against the lies of this world. It's the greatest weapon against the temptation of our flesh. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, he quoted scriptures the three times that are recorded. It is written, it is written, and again, it is written. It is the word of God. In Hebrews 4.12, you know that scripture well. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In Ephesians 6, Paul would say concerning the armor of God, he says, and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's a powerful weapon. I'm going to stop with the book of Acts. Contextually, Paul's going to get into more traveling, more, more issues. But I just want to write off of, of him reasoning through the scriptures to emphasize to our church this morning how much we need the word of God. Because we are hurting for discernment. We are hurting for it. And I just want to share some things that hopefully will help you that have helped me. Not like I'm the king of discernment here. I mean, I, there's things that come out of my mouth that I, oh, Lord. I'm such a mess. I don't have it all together. Nobody does. But we all, including me, myself, and I, 
need more discernment. We need to remember the importance of the word of God. And like I said, it's powerful. But here's another thing I want to say about the word of God. That the word of our lives are upheld by the word of God. If we're going to reason with people, we must remember today that our lives, our very lives, are upheld by the word of God. Turn with me to Hebrews 1. It reads, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Hebrews 1 tells us that Jesus is the heir of all things. He is going to inherit a new heaven, a new earth. The nations will come and bring him worship. This is going to take place uh, very soon. But it reminds us that he's the heir of all things. He's going to inherit. But it also says that he is the creator of all things. That all things were made by him. The world was made by him. He spoke the word and the world was made. Let there be light and light was. Then we're also reminded that Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. Everything is held together by the word of his power. If it wasn't for the grace of Jesus Christ, his very word can destroy us. It isn't gravity holding you down. It is the grace of the word of Jesus Christ that even gives breath in your lungs. And without him, we all would perish instantly without him even the wicked who could care less about him have their breath from him they don't even know it he upholds all things by the word of his power the world is spinning as we know it but it's held together by jesus christ's word our lives are held together by the amount of the word of god that we have in our lives kids you hear me the more you read the word and meditate on it the more your lives will be held together. The more our marriages will be held together. The more our church will be held together. It, the word of God is living and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. You know what the most important thing that we do here at Sweet Hills? It is the teaching of the word of God. Because the word of God converts the soul. In Matthew 7, Jesus would say in verse 24 through 27, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Jesus said that our, that our world will be held together. Our homes will be held together. 
by the hearing and the doing of his word. In Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind blows away. They're like that house on the sand that the wind blows away. Where does backsliding, where does turning away from the Lord come from? It comes from a lack of the word of God. Our structure, our foundation, our rock is the word of God. Our lives are upheld by the word of God. We're, no, we're not going to reason with anybody with the word of God if we're not upheld by the word of God ourselves. We need to study the word of God. We need to study it. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, the King James Version, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a worker who needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. That's for all of us are called to study, to show ourselves approved, to show the Lord and to show others. I'm approved by God. I know what I'm talking about because I spend time in his word. I study it. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, But sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. The Lord says we need to know what we're talking about. And it comes with studying. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, And as his divine power has given us to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. All that we need for life and godliness is found in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Listen, he chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So okay, when it comes to study, you ju we just ask him for help. As we study, we ask him for help, but we study in the morning. There ain't no reasoning if there ain't no study. I use two bookmarkers in the Old Testament and two in the New. You see four? One is in a book of the Old Testament and the other one is in the Psalms. And in the New Testament, one is always in the Gospels. Always. So I go from Matthew to the end of John and then it goes back to Matthew. I always have a bookmarker in the New Testament in the Gospels because I want to see the life of our Lord. And then the other marker is in the New Testament, in the epistles. So there's four of them. And before I read, I just ask God to speak to my heart. Tell him I need you to hear from you. And give me wisdom and understanding. And I read a little bit. And I've been doing that for 21 years, from the beginning. And if we are born again, his Holy Spirit guides us in the study. You hear the guys in jail, I read the Bible three times when I was locked up. And it did nothing for them because they don't want God to be their God. They just want to read the Bible to help them get them out of jail. We have to want Jesus. We know who loves us and who doesn't. The Lord knows who really cares about him and who's, who's trying to mess around and play games. And people who want to play games, they can read this and it'll mean nothing to them. Because God knows that in their heart they're playing games. And we pray for those who are playing games that their eyes would be open, that they don't know they're deceived by the devil, but they are. He reasoned with them from the scriptures. We need to, we need to be equipped to reason. We got to reason from the word. 
Psalm 119. Look at how beautiful the word of God is here and how this psalm ministers to our hearts, to people. Here are a couple benefits that I picked out that hopefully bless you. In verse 2, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. Now what does that say? What is the interpretation of that verse? Well, blessed means happy. Happy is the person. Happy is the person who keeps his testimony. Now, I believe that there are Christians, and and I'm sure I've been there too, where I'm not as joyful, I'm not as rejoicing, I'm not as happy as I should be, because we have not kept his testimonies. We have not examined ourselves and said, am I actually doing what he tells me to do or not? And the moment we change and begin to do his word, not just hear it, the blessings come and woo, we're happy like squirrels, just all just happy. Christians that are, you know, sour lemons and all the time, we all have bad days. But if it's a constant, like, dude, you know, what's, what's that? You act like Jesus hasn't saved anybody, bro. There should be joy. And it comes from the keeping of his testimonies. And it, and, and it says here, who seek him with their whole heart. It says they also do no inequity and they walk in his ways. So it's not just the keeping of his word. It's those who seek him. With their whole heart means with all of our strength, everything we are, we're going to seek God. We wake up and we seek him. That's when you see the fruits of joy. That's when no matter what circumstance I'm in, there's joy. Because I sought him. I seek him. And it says here that they also do no inequity. Why are people sinning? Why are they backsliding? Because there's no keeping of the word. And there's no seeking of the Lord. If we keep and we seek with all of our hearts, it's going to keep us from sinning against him. The key to not sinning is loving God with everything that we have. Verse 9. Are we there? Verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to to your word how can a young man cleanse his way mom dad our kids do you wash their mind with the word we we better because their minds are being washed with something they're getting something yeah well my kids won't sit won't be in the word with me you know they're bigger and they're you got a front door they will pretend that they like it the word of god does not return void The word of God cleanses us. It washes us of impurities of the mind and of the heart. Temptations of the flesh. The word of God cleanses the perversion out of us. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Verse 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's the same thing, the word that I might not sin against you. 
The word in our hearts protects us from our flesh, from sinning against the Lord. Whew. It's the word that keeps us from sinning against the Lord. The word puts our flesh in check. Verse 24. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. My counselors and my delight. The Holy Spirit who is our counselor uses the word of God to counsel us. The Bible says that it's his word that counsels us. Again, the word of God says be quick to listen and slow to speak. What does the word say about your situation? Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio with the Bible teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein. If you're in the area, come out and join us at our new location at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. If you would like more information or would like to send a gift to the ministry, check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org or you can call us at 951-572-2309. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above.